my God. Are we, are we this, recording this is, now, Jamie? We're actually recording now. Oh, my God. <gasps> Sorry. It's okay. I'm glad I looked. <laughs> Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists, and this podcast is our weekly date for getting on mics and talking to one another and to our community about stuff that matters to us. We are so glad that you're here. And hello, Shannon. Hello. Okay, so I have to immediately do a Mia culpa. I screwed up big time. So this is the second time we're recording the intro. And in fact, we got all the way through announcements. We did the best announcement. Shannon has so many good things to say. And then I looked over and realized I hadn't hit the record button. This, like, maybe never happens. This is maybe the first time. It's okay. I'm glad I caught it five minutes in. Imagine if it were, like, 50 minutes in. Oh, my goodness. I might have had to wring your neck then. I mean, and no jury in the land would convict you. You know what I mean? Your lawyer would just be like, he didn't hit the record button. And they recorded 50 minutes of a podcast, but didn't actually. And the judge would be like, case dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you caught it. And yeah. here we are back at announcements. I get to do the song all over again. Are That's you ready? Great. Yeah. <gasps> announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, hey, that had an even nicer twist than the oh, first time you well, did it. You know? Hey, we're doing better the second Practice time. This is makes great. Perfect. So, what you got? I have just one announcement today. It's kind of an ongoing announcement. Um, I've made this announcement in the last couple of weeks. It's about our journaling group that we are doing in conjunction with this new album project that you yeah. and I are making. So, um, so the journaling group. So, first of all, the album is based on a series of journal prompts that I myself am writing in response to, and then whatever my responses are in those journal prompts, that's what's becoming each of the songs on this record. Let me ask you a clarifying question. Okay, yeah. You've already thought up what all of the prompts are, right? Sort of. Sort of. Oh, okay. Have you like bullet pointed but not beaten specifically? No, here's the thing. I sketched out, and this is a really dynamic process because I sketched out what I thought the The map, the flow was going to be, right? But already, when I started writing for song three, I realized that I needed to go a different, a slightly different direction. Oh. Like based on what I was uncovering in uh-huh. my own journaling work, I realized I needed to ask some different questions than I had previously like mapped out. Based on where questions one and questions two, like prompt one yeah. and prompt two took you, prompt three had to kind of be a little different because of because you need to be able to draw out some stuff from yourself that was a slightly different direction well, than you had thought. Yeah, exactly. And Whoa. so, so these these journal prompts. I mean, the songs that I'm writing are coming out of my responses, but we've got. Um, close to 70 people who are yeah. doing this journaling project along with me yeah. and their responses are going to be completely different from mine. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're, they're going to be, the, the prompts themselves are universal and so that like they, they're not specific to the stuff that I'm personally dealing with. No. They're more, you know, generalized questions yeah. that can apply to anybody's circumstances. Like they're, QAnon. No, 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 no. I don't even know what that <laughs> means, but no. Vague enough that anyone can project oh, their insecurities onto it. No, yeah. not like that at all, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, the, the questions are are just, you know, more neutral in nature, yeah. right? Like they are pointing each person to whatever it is that they want. Because the, the, the whole theme of this is to is for us to do work to figure out how to cultivate peace of mind Mm -hmm. and grab onto genuine agency to act Mm -hmm. in the midst of difficult circumstances. Well, everybody's everybody's definition of what is feeling like a difficult circumstance in their life right now is going to be different. Yeah. You know? There may be like similar points of contact, like the universal stuff, the pandemic, you know, political stuff in the country, but I've whatever. Heard from people but everyone's who, got their own stuff. I've heard from people who are approaching this because of some very deeply personal issues yeah. in their life. It has nothing to do with what's going on there in the you world. Go. So that's the point, is that like each each person who goes on this journey is gonna find out what they need to find out for themselves. Yeah. And so you're not asking questions that lead people to a specific type of destination. You're just leading questions that uh, you're you're posing questions that would lead people to delve inside themselves and find things. Yeah. 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 And hopefully find some peace Yeah, and the ability to to act where they can act to change a circumstance that's not satisfactory. Finding agency is like realizing where you have little bits of personal power to yeah, act in a exactly. situation. Yes. Yeah. So that's really what this whole thing is. And it's really neat. I have already heard from a couple of people that sharing is not a requirement in mm-hmm. this thing. I'm sending out the prompts and, and folks can do with them whatever they want. Mostly we don't but hear back and that's fine. A few people have have uh, chosen to share their their responses to me with me so far and um it's just been really an honor to be a witness to what they're exploring in their lives um but 
I've gotten responses from, there's some people who are doing journaling, yep. you know, um, but I've also heard from somebody who's planning on doing some painting. Painting. As a way to express their uh, responses to these prompts. I love it. Another woman I heard from uh, is writing music. She's, I've already, she's already shared with me two compositions that she's made for the first two journal prompts. I haven't Whoa. gotten a chance to listen to them yet. They're still in my inbox. Whoa. But like, she's going to be writing an album. <laughs> like I am, but based on her own experience in this, which is just so freaking cool. Like I love, I mean, I, I know personally how creativity and songwriting specifically is a, a healing practice for me. Sure. It is a way that I, I go sort of into this, this other space where I have the freedom, more freedom than I do in my like regular daily life to explore things mm -hmm. in a way in my mind and in my heart and my spirit that, just allows me to, to to tease out the issues in a way that helps me make sense of things and to heal from stuff. Like it's just- It's how you parse the world. Your brain goes into a different space yeah. when you're engaging in creative work. So yeah. like, I love that there are people who are doing that on in their own way. It's just really cool. It's so cool. So the point of the announcement oh, is yeah, right. to say that there's still time for you to join the journaling experience if you want to, because we've only started with the first couple of prompts. And so if you want to join this, uh, all you got to do is send me an email, shannon at misfitstars.com. And I will send you the first couple of prompts that I've already sent out. And then I'll put you on the list to receive the rest of them as they come. And you've got time to catch up too. Mm -hmm. And also there's no schedule. So like yeah. do them whenever. But like if you kind of want to be doing them in sort of simultaneous, you know, uh, a simultaneous way with, that, with the rest of us, there's time for you to catch up because I'm sending out new prompts like every two weeks-ish. Yeah. And so you've got time. So Yeah. Also, yeah. like you can do it episodically. Or you can binge. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, there's no wrong way yeah. to do it. Like, whatever works best for you, your schedule. Right. Maybe you want to do a couple and wait and do a couple more. Like, there's, you know, there's no wrong answers. Yeah. Just if, if this is interesting to you, just like reach out to Shannon and she'll hook you up. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. That's my one and only announcement. How are you feeling today, Jamie? Well, thanks for asking, Sugar. I have three things on my feelings list today. The first thing that I'm feeling is I'm feeling serene. I just feel kind of peaceful, kind of happy about stuff. I feel unflappable. <laughs> That's not on the list. I thought of it myself. <laughs> but I think it would describe where I'm at right now. I just feel like like imperturbable. 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 Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, which is nice. Um, you know, I don't feel high. I don't feel low. I just feel yeah. right in the middle, real good, stable. Cool. Uh, the second thing I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little nervous just about this whole Ukraine situation. Oh. It's worrying. Yeah. You know, and, I, uh, and I'm an empath. And so, you know, I, th I think about the people uh, in that country who are about to experience probably some really bad stuff. And I just, mm. you know, I feel worried. Mm -hmm. I also understand I can't do anything about it. So there's that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm, you know, I'm a little worried there. It's manageable. And the third thing I'm feeling is I'm feeling accomplished. Okay, yeah. I uh, just feel good about where I've been at work-wise over mm -hmm. the past few days, feeling like I've just done some stuff well, and I'm pleased. Cool. Yeah. How about you? How are you feeling? So my first one is similar to yours. I feel calm, and and it's just, I feel kind of even. Like you were saying, you felt serene. I, I, feel, I feel calm. I feel, yeah, not high or low, mm -hmm. just even, and that's nice. Great. Um, I feel curious. Mm. Uh, the reason for my curious curiosity is that I in the next day or so, we'll be starting to do my journaling for my next song. Oh. And uh, I don't exactly know yet where it's going to go. Yeah. So like I was saying, you know, during the announcements, like each, so far, these questions have taken me to places I wasn't expecting. And mm -hmm. so um, it's it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see where this will take me. That's yeah. I'm curious how it will unfold. Um and the third thing is that I feel, I'm also feeling a little bit withdrawn, uh -huh. but not in a bad way. Maybe quiet yeah, is I've a better way that. to sure. say that. Yeah. You know, I, there, there's so much about, and this is not in a bad way. Like it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, there's, there's not a negative association with that for me today. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's in part because like so much of our lives because of the our work and and doing our work in the context of community involves us 
putting ourselves out there, like mm. recording this podcast, doing social media, writing newsletters, and you know, like yeah. like lots of outward sharing. Yeah. And I think that sometimes I get a little bit weary mm-hmm. from that, you know. And I just and so there, occasionally I feel a little bit more withdrawn. Like maybe I don't have to think of a a picture to post on social media yeah. today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just a little bit. Uh, I just a little bit reserved. Um, going inward a little bit. But that's okay. Yeah. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's just a it's a it's an ebb and flow kind of thing. People, if you don't see a subtitled creative video from Shannon on Instagram, <laughs> maybe that's why today. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well hey, yeah. how about we fire up the good news machine? What you got? Yeah. Okay. I have a really fun one, actually. Um, And this is from an article that I read just this morning in the Seattle Times. Um, I mean, it's national news, but U.S. women soccer players are going to get paid. Hell yeah. You said soccer payers, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't mean... But that was a good Freudian slip. Soccer players. Women women soccer players are going to get paid. So they just um, reached an agreement. They've had this... um, uh, six-year-long legal battle Great. with the USSF, the mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation. No, oh. not Space oh, Force. Oh, oh. Soccer Federation, mm-hmm. um, the, the, which is the the, Ameri- the sports American governing body. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, they, they've they've reached a deal in which they're they've been promised twenty-four million dollars plus bonuses that match those of men. So history, back, like rewind a little bit. Um, First, we have to establish that the U.S. the U.S. women's soccer players get paid have been have been getting paid just way 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 less than the men, the yeah. male men players, yeah. and and the just in, a really aggravating fact of that is that the women's soccer players kick ass yeah. and the men's players don't. No, they're much more <laughs> mediocre. Like the women, the U.S. women have won four World Cups yeah. since the program started in 1985. Yeah. They've won it four times. The World Cup. That's astonishing. Won. Competing against teams that have been around for decades. And the men have not even reached a semifinal since 1930. Yeah. But yet, the men get paid way, or have been getting paid way more. It is just like mm. this blatant just example of inequity. Yeah. Gender inequity. Pay inequity. So... So originally, um, this started all with a, a, a complaint. There were five five stars in the U.S. Women's League, mm-hmm. including Megan Rapinoe, who is one of our local players here mm-hmm. for our team. Um, they they started with a complaint to the Federal Equal Employment and Opportunity Commission back yeah, in right. 2016. The, e, the WEOC, EEOC. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three years after that, they sued seeking damages right. under the Federal Equal Pay Act uh-huh. and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Okay. Um, and and this settlement is a major step in getting what they want. Like, they're, they're actually... It wasn't just pay, also, that they were filing complaints about. They, they originally, back in uh, end of 2020, settled issues um, that were, like, inequitable con- working conditions, mm-hmm. dealing with, like, charter flights and accommodations and playing surfaces. Right. Like, the, the USSF was, like, giving way better accommodations and travel accommodations and... And, and actual, like, the, the surfaces that they play on, like, they were giving way better all that to, to the men and just, like, short-shrifting the women. And gyms, too. I remember something about oh, gyms yeah. back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, Like, they, they showed two pictures, like, here's the men's gym, oh. and it's, like, five gold's gyms. And then it's, like, it's a women's gym, and it's, like, literally the back room in a locker room, and it's got, like, four weight machines. It looks like a middle school gym. Totally. Or something you'd find in, like, a Holiday Inn. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So they they won some of that stuff back a couple of years ago, but this this pay thing is really great. And they've got they've got part of the settlement. And the reason, and I was reading the quotes from the players who had been part of this effort to to fight for this stuff, like their whole their whole point is like it is a major win for us to leave women's soccer better as an institution, better for the players than when we got here. I love it. Like, so, you know, a lot of, like, Megan, Megan Rapinoe is probably not going to be in the league for much, much longer. Right. She's, you know, in terms of a, a pro athlete kind of getting a little bit older. Yep. So she's not going to be playing nowhere near the majority of her career under these new conditions. Right. But, but that's matters, not why we try to improve things. But it's, it matters to her to yeah. leave better for the people coming behind her, which is just really cool. So, so yeah, they're they're going to start getting paid. There's there, this is a major move toward more equity in soccer, um, and I think that's good news. 
I think that's good news too. Yeah. Very, very cool. What do you have? Okay, here's what I've got. There's a brand new study, I think it was out yesterday. It indicates that people with three or even two vaccine shots, so boosted mm-hmm. or like not even, mm-hmm. just like with your, you know, number one or number oh, two shots, okay. will be protected from severe illness and death for a long time. Oh, that's really good news. It's really good news. And, and there's multiple studies that you are citing here? Or like, what, what is No, the, it's a new it's study. A new study. A new okay, study. Probably reviewed and stuff if it were published. Yeah, they yeah. don't publish stuff unless it's right, peer-reviewed, exactly. et cetera. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, cool. And so uh, to understand like why exactly and like why the study kind of came out later oh. and uh, why they needed more time to realize this, I need to pivot swiftly into let's get less dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? Okay, so check this out. All right. So there are two types of protector cells inside our bodies. Okay. Right? Yep. There are B cells and there are T cells. Mm -hmm. So B cells, they're a type of white blood cell. Uh, They are matured in the bone marrow Mm -hmm. and they make antibodies, Mm -hmm. right? B cells have memories. Mm-hmm. and can churn out antibodies within four to five days after a new exposure to the virus of which they have a memory. Right. Right. And viruses give B cells memory. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. T cells. And vaccines too. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. What, that's what I meant to say. But Fair yeah. enough, yeah. <laughs> T cells are a part of the immune system uh, that develops from stem cells also inside the bone marrow, but uh-huh. a different type of cell inside the bone marrow, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and T cells focus on specific foreign particles, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, T cells are responsible for cell-mediated immunity, and B cells are responsible for antibody-mediated immunity. In other words, B cells produce antibodies that are used to attack invading bacteria, viruses, and toxins. Okay. Whereas T cells destroy the body's own cells that have themselves been oh. taken over by viruses or become cancerous. Got it. Yes. Okay. So it's a one-two. It's protection from invaders and protection from internal corruption. Places that have already been invaded. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Super. Super cool. So. T-cells can remember infection patterns for 17 plus years. Oh, wow. It is really a long-term thing. They have incredible memory. B-cells become increasingly sophisticated over time and can learn to recognize a diverse set of viral genetic sequences. So... Check this out. Um, Science, Jamie, is fun. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm just going to read now from uh, actually another Seattle Times article. Okay. It's, you know, just re- repeating national uh, journalism here. Researchers showed last year that the elite school inside of lymph nodes where the B cells train, which is called the germinal center, mm-hmm. remains active for at least 15 weeks after the second dose of a COVID vaccine. Okay. So what that kind of means is that like, they're like little kids in school. They get born, yeah. <laughs> right? And they go to school. And But they're, after the second shot, they're in school studying hard for 15 weeks okay. about how to be better and better at fighting these external invaders, yeah. right? Um, in an updated study published in the journal Nature, uh, this same team of researchers showed that six months after vaccination, memory B cells continue to mature and continue to learn. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the antibodies that they produce keep gaining the ability to recognize new variants. So they're like these super mm. smart little cells and the learning they're doing in the lymph node school is <laughs> that they're learning not just how to recognize this one specific thing, but what all the different parts of the thing are so that when something comes at it with some parts missing or a different assemblage of some of those parts, it can be like, this is one of the things I recognize. I recognize some of these parts from school. Right. Isn't that so great? That's amazing. I love it. The like so our, little little B cells just like learning at at lymph node school. That's that's a really like that's a really great description, like a good metaphor. <laughs> and, and I'm saying this as somebody who has a degree in biology. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for that. That's that's really great and uh, also really good news. Like yes. for those of us who have gotten our vaccines, like everybody should have. <laughs> <clears throat> Honestly, I kind of feel like everybody. Who listens to Miss Hit Stars podcast? Probably has a vaccine. Yeah, or a legitimate medical reason that they're unable to get it, although they would love to. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah. No well, dummies listen to Miss Fit Stars. Good news, and I feel less dumb. Thank you for you both of those things. Do you have anything for Let's Get Less Dumb? I do. I oh, have cool. an item for for getting less dumb, right. and it's just a fun one. I so there was this uh, this guy who. Um, 
Well, let me, I'll, I'll <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> what? Okay. Have you ever been on an airplane? Uh-huh. And, and like been concerned that, like, say you're sitting in the exit row. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like that thought, like, what if the door opens accidentally when we're mid-flight and I get sucked out into the ether? Sure. Have you had that thought? I mean, I'm usually just habitually wearing my lap belt, so I kind of feel like that would keep me in the seat, what but I feel you. What if the force were so strong that it like detached your lap belt or, or like the, chair. the entire seat? Right. I mean, I've had that thought. Sure. I have lots of what if thoughts when I'm flying. Sure. It's a what if kind of situation. <laughs> it really is. Um, or like, you know, is, or like if some, you know, passenger went crazy and like, you know, decided to try to open, like, I, I yes, I've had these thoughts. Well, I learned this last week that opening a plane door mid-flight is physically impossible. What? So that really just assuages my fear. And the reason that I learned this is it's apropos of this uh, passenger who was on a Delta Airlines flight last week. I read about this a-hole. Who tried to open an emergency exit door in flight. He was doing it because... Uh, he's an anti-vaxxer, and mm. he was he was going he was he was trying to to make a scene uh-huh. so that people would start filming him, uh, and then post, trying to go viral. Posting, yeah, they, he was trying to create a viral moment in which he could uh, rant about his anti-vax, you know, conspiracy theory BS. Hmm. So he was trying to create a scene in the plane that people would start filming because of like trying to open the door. And then like in the midst of that chaotic scene that they're all filming, he would give his anti-viral, anti-vax rant. And like- Get on Fox News. Yeah. Start selling bandanas. Sure. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So it was because of him, but like this article like went into to describe how like, there's a couple of reasons. Like there's the the, the way that the doors themselves open, they Mm -hmm. open inward. Yeah. And um, and this is really the main thing. Like besides the fact that they have these like sophisticated locks that can only be like disengaged by the pilot. Yeah. Like you can't. You you may you they, may hear. They thought of this. They thought this through. They have thought this. They're through. like, what if there's an idiot on the plane? Yeah, exactly. We'll so, just put a thing in the cockpit. So are, yeah. there are these big locks that you know keep the doors that that the pilot has to disengage before yeah. even. You may you may hear this when you're landing. You mm-hmm. know the, the pilots. They all have these like these, these little you know pro forma announcements that they announce. To, to like the flight attendants, yeah. right? Like, so the, one of them is something to do with having disengaged the doors, the door locks. Yeah, so the, so right. the, the flight attendants can open the doors that you're supposed to go out to leave the plane, right? right. So there's that. But the, the, the main reason why it's impossible to open a mid-flight is that they are built so that they, they open inward. Yeah. And when you think about, um, it, it's, it's physics. And yes. so we're going to science a little bit here. So okay. like if you, when you're, when the plane is up in the air, um, the air gets really thin yes. and depressurized yeah. up high up. Like if you were, if you were just up there without being inside a pressurized plane, mm-hmm. you would faint and die. Right, <laughs> right, because the air is too thin for us to breathe. That's yeah. why they pressurize planes. That's why they they go through that whole rigmarole with like in case the the cabin loses pressure, the oxygen masks will fall and then then you can breathe, right? But they pressurize the plane so that humans can continue to breathe and live at that altitude. Well, because the cabin is pressurized, so there is higher pressure Mm -hmm. inside the cabin and there is lower pressure outside the plane and the door opens only inward like the mm-hmm. just the fear the sheer force of physics makes it impossible the difference in the in the pressure between inside and outside the too cabin great. yes it's you can't too overcome big. it you cannot over physically overcome it and open that door while like it's maybe in if flight. you were an elephant or something really strong you could i i don't even know if you could do that but also two elephants you don't have opposable thumbs if you're an elephant so trunk. you know what trunk Oh, the trunk yeah. i see oh okay that's it they, they, their trunks are pretty impressive they are yeah. hard to get an elephant in a plane though Yes, there's so many questions I have <laughs> about this. Anyway, do you feel less dumb? Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Pre- I love it. Is- but, I, but it poses a huge question for me, a huge question. What is it? How did D.B. Cooper jump out of that plane over Oregon? Um, that, I thought about this too, and I believe that there was, it was a rear door, yes. first of all, and, and this, also this was back in the 70s. Maybe the design was different. The design might have been different, and yeah, so I don't, I don't exactly know. Uh, yeah, DB Cooper. That's a whole other topic. Yes, he's he has been exhaustively covered in multiple podcasts. We don't need to talk about him here. No, 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 no. Fascinating but, though. Yeah, fascinating. So there you go. I, I really feel like this was really helpful 
a helpful bit of information for me to learn. Yeah. <laughs> because the next time I'm on a plane, I I feel like I'm going to be able to be like, the moment I start worrying about the possibility of the door accidentally open, I'll be like, oh no, don't have to worry about that. Check that off my list <laughs> and move on with my life. So there you go. Um, so yeah. Right on. I love it. I think it's probably a great time to segue smoothly into where's my gold star. All right. All right. So I, I haven't had sugar in any form in a week oh and gosh. a half. Oh my gosh. And I think that's a huge achievement. You, Not, haven't, no you sugar, haven't murdered anybody, including in specifically me? No sugar, no bread, no rice, no potatoes, no carbs of any kind. I no. mean, like trace amounts of carbs in the vegetables that we're eating. Yep. But we're trying to eat low carb vegetables. So like, yeah, I... I, 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 where is my gold star? I haven't killed anyone. Yep. And I'm still here. Yep. And I would like a gold star for this effort. I really probably should have waited until next week when our sugar fast is over. Yeah. We're just doing Don't this, count your horses. We're just doing chickens, this. Chickens. Chickens. Don't count those don't either. Don't count your chickens. Yeah. <laughs> your low carb chickens. Um, don't count your low carb chickens. What the hell? I don't have sugar in my brain. This is why yeah. <laughs> my sentences aren't coming out. I very... can't brain. I have the dumb. Exactly. So I probably should have waited until next week to make to when the two weeks of this like sugar reset that we're doing is over. Yeah. But I just couldn't. I I, I feel like I needed a gold star to like motivate me to get through the rest. Well, of, you know what, effort. sweetheart? What? I think you deserve a gold star. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Do you have an item for which you'd like to request a gold star, Jamie? Yeah, okay. I've got one gold star it? request, and here's uh, what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty damn sure, that I have finished the mix on your new song, Song 3. Uh-huh. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you know, I had to overcome some technical hurdles for this one. Mm. I ended up accidentally, you were there, you're, you saw this, pushing the limits of our recording software to the point where it kind of malfunctioned in a certain way. Like it wouldn't sync a couple of things up. And I, like, it was just an internal failing of the software, but I was doing something so complicated yeah. that it was just like, oh, so that's not going to work. So I literally had to like align this one synthesizer part, like, by ear to the other ones. And it was like the most important one. It's the one that carries like the pulse of the entire song. Uh -huh. And the timing of it is literally like me like moving it around in in millisecond types of mm -hmm. like increments to get it to the exact point where it swings and just moves and grooves in the exact right way. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> but it worked. It did. And it's sounding really good. And you definitely deserve a gold star. Hey. Gold star. Awesome. For you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So, uh... This feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Okay, what, what you got? What do you, okay, so on my do, list. Do you want, do you want? Oh, no, no, no. You go. Okay, I'll go. Um, it's a big topic and I don't know how in depth we'll be able to or want to go into it, but I. Mine's also a big topic, so just keep that in mind. Okay, <laughs> I feel like it's important for us to talk a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I wrote down a couple of bullet points in terms of like how we could organize our thoughts around this. Okay. Like, Number one, what is our understanding of what's happening? Just a, a general sketch of I mean, that. I mean, that's like another hour. So maybe well, we'll just be real short. Just, yes, as brief as we can be. Um, what is our understanding of why it's happening? <laughs> okay, again, could go on forever, but just a, a brief sketch. And then why does it matter yeah. to us? Uh, so uh, do you, do you want to delve into any, like what, are, what your understanding of what exactly is happening where things are at? Or do you want me to... To tackle that, I'm happy to. Okay. Yeah, sure. So the the thumbnail sketch, and this really is inextricably intertwined with uh, with you can't just talk about one part of this in isolation, right? Like the context is important to understand what is happening and why. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So the what that is happening, I mean, just very quickly put, is that Russia has amassed like 150,000 plus troops, like all around Ukraine, like which on is three sides of it. Yeah, which, which is, is the, a, the largest um, number of troops deployed post World War II. Yeah, in, in the years since World War II. Yep, that's right. Uh, Ukraine is the largest country in Europe. It is a sovereign nation. It's not a part of Russia. It has never been a part of Russia. It and Russia at one time and a bunch of other countries were part of like the Soviet Union, which was like a weird authoritarian co-op kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
and you know, it's uh, the history of this of, of these two countries and their relationships with one another is fascinating, and it goes back fifteen hundred years. Yeah, uh, I mean. Ukraine was first established as a trading point by Vikings between uh, where the Vikings came from right. and the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it was a really key, it was like a port, obviously, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like the closest port, you know, over Europe that gave them access to the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. you know? Um uh, Russia came way, way, way later. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later. Mm-hmm. Um and it was a, it was, it was established. It was, this, this is whole thing. This is whole thing. It's really complicated. But the bottom line is that there is this. The reason that uh, the reason that Putin is doing this is because he's an authoritarian and he is very, very threatened by functional democracies. And yeah. the closer functional democracies get to his door, to the border of his country, a the the more close. And hands-on, an example it is for the oppressed people in his own country of what a functional country looks like, especially one that speaks a language that they understand. That's a big deal. If it's like France, if they don't speak the language, there's no cultural thing there. They come from very different places culturally. But Ukraine and Russia come from fairly similar places. They don't have complete cultural overlap and historical understandings, but they share a a lot of a language, you know? And it's a big threat, you know, to him, the idea that there could be an example right at his southern doorstep Mm -hmm. of a functional democracy. Yeah. One that is intertwined with the West, one that is a part of a thriving, you know, democracy. Mm-hmm. And right. that, that's a problem. And so part of what's the what that is happening is those troops are amassed, but also in the last couple of days, situation has changed. And probably by the time this podcast airs, the situation will have changed even more, I imagine, because it's, it's rapidly yeah. evolving. But uh, just yesterday, um, he, Putin, Putin declared... That there were a couple of regions of Ukraine. They are they are regions that have that are within Ukrainian border. Like they are part they are part of Ukraine. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> he declared that those two regions were actually independent regions, and that um, and that the quote unquote leaders of those regions had requested to. Uh, be declared as independent from Ukraine in an effort to want to become part of Russia. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah. <laughs> like since 2000, was it 14 when when Russia yeah. annexed Crimea, which is also a region of Ukraine? Yes. <laughs> that Russia has been supporting these uh, separatists within these regions. Yeah. They've been like giving them money and ammunition and like and encouraging them to stir up trouble in order to make Separate. it seem like these regions popularly want to be part of Russia instead of Ukraine. And that's not true. It's no. all astroturfed. Yeah. I, I mean separatists is a really weird sort of positive spin to put upon something that surely within Ukraine proper is just thought of as terrorists. Yes. Yeah. Oh absolutely. You're at 100%. They're anti-governmental right. actors who right. are trying to cause the overthrow right. of their local government and hopefully splinter their country apart. I mean, that's a very definition right. of sort of terrorism. You're right. And so, and also, you know, the, when I said, when I said the quote unquote leaders of these regions, yeah. there are these like self-styled leaders. They've, they've claimed themselves as the leaders and they're not. They're not actually the Ukrainian government. They're it's, not official at all. It's like if Shannon and I were just like, we're mayor now of Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, and Mayor Woodard's is like, uh, I'm just still here, actually. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so he 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 claimed that the, that these places were independent. He just decided all on its own um, and made this big and this big speech, you know, about it yesterday. And then after that, uh, ordered troops to go into those regions. It's just wild to me. Like he ordered troops to go in. There there are troops there now. It, it, he is in the Russian army has invaded Ukraine yes. in these regions. And Putin is still denying, like, the, like a Rus- the Russian state is denying that there are troops there at all. Yeah. It is just weird to me. Like, yeah. there, clearly there are people who, who can be, who are there witnessing Russian troops the in Russian Ukraine. Troops, they're on TikTok. I mean, it's, it's, it's not right. subtle. And yet, the government's like, no, that's not happening. It's just like gaslighting to the... Yeah just nth degree. It's wild. Well, I mean, a big part of it is that uh, the Russian people overwhelmingly do not want Russia to invade Ukraine. I mean, it's pulling... 90%. 10% popularity, 90% against. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you can't, you can't, you know, I think if you're him, for as long as possible, you just want to be like, no, we're not doing this. Of course we're not doing right. this. Until they provoke 
things or create a false flag attack in those provinces or whatever it is mm-hmm. to show something to get something they can show on TV to the Russian people broadly on state media and go, hey, look, we were attacked. We weren't there, but we were attacked right. there. <laughs> yeah. Those the, the, those soldiers of ours who weren't there were attacked and killed. <sighs> this is a provocation that we cannot ignore. We must defend ourselves. Right. And when it's self-defense in your national honor and you know protecting national right. sovereignty and blah blah blah, like yeah. You know, the propaganda writes itself. Right. Well, and Russian Russian media is controlled entirely by the state. There is not, they, they leave absolutely no room for any message to get out to the general public that, uh, that counters what the state's interests are. Yeah. And, you know, in fact, people are disappeared and imprisoned and killed who try to do who try to speak the truth yeah. <laughs> in that environment. Routinely, it's really yeah. scary. That's that's what authoritarianism looks like. Yeah. But, you know, I think what you were saying earlier about the why is this happening, like, yes, Putin has, like, he's trying to, it, looks, it seems to me, and I've read some people suggest that he is trying to recreate the Russian empire yeah. in one sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, the reason, there's maybe lots of reasons. I imagine one of the reasons why is that his position uh, of authority, of power, has made him extraordinarily wealthy. And it has made his cronies extraordinarily wealthy. And they would like to see that continue. And it's just weird how, like, when you introduce more democratic ideals into a country that, like, that's when the people who are already super rich and powerful become less rich and powerful. Slightly, <laughs> slightly. Slightly. Well, I mean... They're, they're, but it's an obstruction that they didn't previously have, and I think they take it personally. They do, yeah. Because I think, honestly, that they feel that they are... That this is their birthright, that they are entitled to this. Why would why shouldn't they have literally everything? You know, right. Putin is commonly understood to be the wealthiest person in the world. Are you serious? Oh, 100 percent Oh my gosh. Like he never appears at the top of official lists because so much of his wealth is illicit and untrackable, you right. know, just hidden places. Right. But it's he's commonly understood to be like by far the wealthiest person because he's pillaged the entirety of Russia. Wow. For like, you know, the better part of 20 years. Wow. Very, very effectively. And the brutality with which he carries out his regime, mm-hmm. you know, necessitates tribute from people who want to stay on the right side of him. And that right. includes like all the oligarchs inside right. of Russia, all the super wealthy billionaire right. types. They're all giving him a huge portion of their billions right. so they can remain billionaires and not just be disappeared into a gulag. Right. Right. Wow. Well, one of the actions that the that the United States, I mean, it's been I've been very encouraged by the fact of um, there's been a lot of unity among uh, the European countries and NATO, which includes us also. <laughs> um, you know, the countries that that care to um, continue to defend democracy in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ukraine is not part of NATO. They would like to be part of NATO. Sure. And that's one of the things that threatens Putin's idea. Like, if Ukraine becomes more European than formerly Soviet Union, mm-hmm. then that's a threat to him, right? Like, like you were saying earlier, the closer democracy gets to Russia, the closer that social democracy can creep in, creep toward Russia's borders, the more it is a threat to this system at which Putin sits at the top uh, and collects gobs of money, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a threat to them. But, like... I've been very encouraged by the by the the unity with which NATO and the European Union has, you know, fa- been facing this. Today, the U.S. and England, um, and maybe it's just those two countries. Oh, and some other European countries that they they instituted some pretty big economic sanctions. Yeah, sort of round one. That yeah, like there's there are potentially more to come if Russia becomes more aggressive mm-hmm. in in their effort. A lot more to come. A yeah. lot more to come. Like it, it would be possible to economically devastate Russia. Right. You know, that would obviously redound in part to the dramatic mm-hmm. uh, pain of its citizens. Right. You know, yeah. so you take these things a step at a time. Well, and there's a lot of Russian money, those oligarchs, and probably Putin included, like they have a lot of their money in Western banks, like <sighs> a lot of it. So when, when you know, there there is power within the, the banking institutions in countries like the United States and the UK, where over the last, you know, couple of decades, they have 
poured their money into those banking institutions and into, into financial systems in the West because their own financial system was crap. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they could keep it safer. And it's the, the, the grand irony is this. They, they put their money in countries that were more stable because of their democracies yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. to keep their money safe. And now, and yet now, what Putin really would like, like to see, I think, is for democracies all over the world to fail because it encourages a, a world that is accepting of authoritarianism. As, which he could which, be at the top of. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, his efforts to try to keep Trump in office and to, to get Trump in office. Sure. Like he, I mean, he, I'm sure, loved the four years that we were in absolute, like, complete oh, Trump disarray. Trump just kissing his ass every step of the way. Yeah, exactly. He would like to see more of that happen in the, in the U.S. and he would like to see that happen all over Europe too. He would like to see democracy cease to be a thing yeah. on planet Earth because yeah. it would benefit him and people like him yeah. um, and they could sit at the top of that that hierarchy of power. Sure. Um, that's pretty scary. I mean, sure. like, and he's had, he's had, I mean, th- this is like, this is like, superhero villain level like bad yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah. like seriously like world wanting to dominate like world domination of like authoritarian is like this is really freaking bad yeah you know and and it and it i would like to think that it's cartoonish in that sort of super villain villain kind of way but it's not because it's we've actually seen the results of his efforts Right here in our own country, yeah. like I mean, it's it's real and yeah. happening, and he's really got 150,000 troops on the border of a democratically free country right now, and yeah. it has started invading it. Yeah. So, and like, who's next? You know what I mean? Because right. you think about other countries over which uh, you know Moscow had sway right. or outright rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred years ago, I mean that included Finland. Right. Is he going to fucking invade Finland next? Right. You know, I mean, if he's like, really, it's not off the table. They're connected by land. If he's really um, like serious about reclaiming what he sees as as Russia's birthright or whatever, yeah, like you yeah. know, or like the original Russia, yeah, nor, the the Nordic countries are in deep shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and all and, of which is so weird and ahistorical. You know, it is. It's, it's a revis- it's a revisionist history that's made up to justify mm. you know authoritarian rule. I mean, authoritarian rule going back you know a hundred and hundred and ten years. Right. You know. Like, well, it's the same basic set of principles that Stalin was using to justify what he did. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I see the parallels, too. Like, he has to he has to promote this mythological view of the past in order to justify his present actions. Yeah. It's not mm, that really... That familiar. It's not different than what's going on in our country right now with the people who are like, you can't teach about racism because it's divisive. And that's, you know, like, they want to they wanna, they wanna teach a, a mythologized version of our history yeah. that doesn't include what America did to black people for the last 400 years. Let alone Native Americans. Exactly. No one's even talking about that. Uh, right. But, but you know, you're right. No one's, it's not, it's not currently part of the, the hot button discourse, but it should be, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And uh, like, I, if, it, it's, it's no different. It's like, when, when you have to teach, when you have to convince yourself and others of a mythologized past in order to justify your current actions, who boy, you got off the freaking rails, yeah. you know? Like, and, and it's, it's, it makes it that much more important, I think, for me, for us to like, to fight for teaching, teaching history that's, teaching history that's uncomfortable or mm-hmm. teaching history that doesn't, that doesn't align with what we have thought we once were. You know, I used to be the people, the person among the people on the 4th of July who were like, go America, like feeling sure. all great about it. And there are still really great reasons to feel good about some parts of America. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm rooting for it but still. we have to also learn and absorb the truth of what our, the full truth of what our country has been yeah. and what our country has done. If we were ever, if we ever have even a chance of realizing the ideals that we hold so dear. Right. Right. Like, like, you know, you, you, Just some of us you can't, hold so dear. Right. Right. And it really gets down to a question. This is a, a digression. I won't mm-hmm. take long with it, but yeah. there are two types of people in America. There are people who root their conception of America in the Declaration of Independence, and there mm-hmm. are people who root their conception of America in the Constitution, and they're very different people. Mm-hmm. Right. The people who root their world, their view of America in the Constitution are generally the ones who are like, 
you know, slavery wasn't so bad, capitalism is the best, uh, property rights above all. The people who root their view of America in the Declaration of Independence are people who think maybe more like you and I do, that it's about the ideals, you know, that all men are created equal, et cetera. Right. You know, they're two very different camps. Yeah. Both related to the founders. Both can be like, the founders. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for talking about Ukraine. I felt, yeah. I feel like it's important. It's, it's one of these issues that I, I'm learning new stuff about it every day. And like, and if you're in, if you're listening and you're like, I want to learn more about this, the single, the person who has had the single most, most influence on, uh, on my understanding of the situation historically and also current events is Timothy Snyder. Yes. We've mentioned him a number of times on this podcast. You can um, find, just Google Timothy Snyder Substack and just get on his free newsletter. It's fascinating, comes to your inbox every few days. He knows perhaps more about like Eastern European history than, I don't know, maybe anybody in the world. <laughs> he might literally be the person in the world who knows the most about it. Yeah. Certainly top five. He's, and he's a hell of a writer too. It's poetic and inspiring and and damning and it's just great. Yeah, it's been really great. So mm -hmm. that was important. Thank you for talking. Yes. And uh, what feels important to you? You know what? It's also going to be lengthy. This was already plenty lengthy. Oh. I'm going to save mine for next week because mine is not time sensitive. Oh, okay. Mine great. is just like more of an idea that I wanted to talk about, oh, but okay. I could talk about it next week. So let's do that. Okay, that sounds great. How about we progress swiftly after that bout of seriousness <sighs> into the inspiration station? Inspiration station. I do really, I need some inspiration. Can you offer some to me? I don't actually have anything on my list this week. Oh, I can. So mine is just this simple but super, super deep quote from the writer Anais Nin. Okay. Right? And if what you want to Google her people, it's A-N-A-I-S-N-I-N -N is her last name. Where is she from? She's from the past. She <laughs> was born in like 1903. She died in, I want to say, the late 70s, something like that. In what country? Uh, you know, her name sounds French, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah. That's why I asked. Um, I don't know a ton about her, frankly. Okay. She's one of those people who, like, my mom had some of her books, like, on shelves that I crawled by when I was two. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Like, she was at the very end of her life when I was a little person, so she hasn't been carried forward so much into, you know, like, this generation. Okay. So, okay. there's that. But the quote is the point. Yeah. And she said, the secret of joy is the mastery of pain. Ooh, okay. Isn't that wonderful? Tell me what that means to you. Here's what it means to me. I relate it to sobriety and recovery. Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. I know that like before I got my arms in my personal life around what was causing me pain, mm. the depths of how it was doing that, the depths of why, mm -hmm. all the reasons, all the little nooks and crannies that contributed to me experiencing that ongoing pain in my life. Yeah. Until I could get my arms around that, look at it mm. and deal with it, mm. I just was in this constant cycle of torment in my mm. life, mm. you know? But as soon as I actually like mastered my pain, mm. like became an expert about my own pain and the yeah. causes of it and where it comes from and how to deal with it, yeah. not just from the past, but also on an ongoing basis mm -hmm. when stuff comes up, figuring out what, the, what those triggers can be for me and yeah. what the tools I have are to deal with it, yeah. you know? That's what mastery of pain, like that's how I relate to it. Yeah. And as soon as I became a master of my own pain, then I really started to invite joy into my life. And the last like, you know, 17 years of my life have been much mm. more joyous. That's cool. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Appreciate that. Well, hey, how about we finish up with a little uh, gratitude crank up? All right. Sounds good. What you got, sweetheart? Um, You know, I'm just really feeling grateful uh, this week for a warm and safe home mm. to live in. It's really cold outside this week. The That big... Um, northerly Arctic cold front. front Arctic front that's been swooping down into we, we're catching the edge of that we we actually had some snow flurries here this afternoon I understand that probably everybody listening to this is having it worse than us but for here which is usually pretty temperate it's chilly it is chilly and I'm not I'm not mad about the fact that it's cold but I just it makes me really appreciate it. like we stepped outside for a walk yesterday evening and it was brisk and I'm like Oh boy, I'm glad I'm walking right now, but also can't wait to get back inside. And, <laughs> you know, there are people who don't have warm, safe places to live and sleep and exist yeah. in times like this. And I just am, um, first of all, we should make that not be the case any longer right, in the society. Right, right. But also, um, I, I, I'm very grateful uh, for this warm, safe place to be, um, yeah, 
How about you? I love it. Uh, you know, mine is related. And uh, what I'm grateful for uh, in this moment is stability, mm. you know, mm. and that absolutely does relate to our housing situation. Um, not just the fact of it being, you know, pleasant and warm and safe, but also that our access to it in an ongoing way doesn't feel threatened right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm stable in my relationship with you. I feel stable in my re- all my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, you know, stable both in terms of my like external circumstances and also my internal ones. And I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. What are you grateful for listeners? We would love to know, you know, in our, uh, in our Misfit Stars social network, we have an ongoing daily gratitude practice. Uh, there's just like a little, you know, topic in our social network. You can like assign like tags to things kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, so you can tag a post with like, this one's about daily gratitude. This one's about sobriety. This one's about social justice, whatever, you know, uh, but people are posting a, a lot of them you know, most days about what they're grateful for. And it's really inspiring to me in my life, you know. Uh, Focusing on joy is a good thing. We would love to know what you are grateful for in your life. If you would like to become a part of our Misfit Stars social network and kind of just get into that flow of doing it in sort of a trusted small group setting, you can do that at misfitstars.com slash join. You'll be supporting our work by doing that, so that would be great. But also, you could just always, you know, message you know, either of us, if you have a gratitude thing you want to share, you could also uh, just do a post, you know, on Facebook and you could tag us and say, hey, you know, my friends Jamie and Shannon inspired me to think about what mm-hmm. I'm grateful for and here's what it is. And we would love to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, not that we would necessarily be the reason that you would start having gratitude, but, you know, an intentional gratitude practice is something that I didn't always have in my life. Yeah. Someone suggested it to me, so I'm suggesting it to you. Yeah, and it's been so good for me to do this gratitude practice. Like, uh, somebody in our in our Misfit Stars social network network referred to it recently as going on a joy hunt, and I sort of adopted that. Like, love a, it, and because that's really what it is. Like when you when you're looking for things in your day, and you do it every day, like I do. You know, most days I've been pretty consistent lately. But yes, you know, you when have. I'm every day looking for something to be grateful for, I'm going on a joy hunt because I'm actually seeking out those things that that give me a little spark, that give me a little something and, and remind me of what is good and that is good for my soul. It's just, yeah. it's good, it's nurturing for my spirit and I'm so, I'm so, I'm grateful for the gratitude practice hey. <laughs> in that way, which is really cool. So, I yeah. love it. Um, and, and like you just mentioned, if anybody would like to join us in that, in the social network, misfitstars.com slash join. If you are finding this podcast or the rest of the work that we're doing, uh, you know, putting out new music like every couple weeks right now, Jamie's doing a bunch of mentoring right now. He started a bunch of new things recently. Yeah, you know, new mentorship. All cool. stuff that is supported by this community of people called Misfit Stars who give us a, a monthly donation, a, a monthly yeah. contribution. Small dollar. Small dollars, yeah. The average is $10 a month. And all of that support goes to just keeping this train rolling, yeah. like doing all the work that we um, that we have been doing, developing new ways to to use our skills and talents to engage community and be of service to people. If this is valuable to you, if this is important to you, um, we would just invite you to, to be a supporter of that if you aren't already. And you can do that at misfitstars.com slash support. This machine is powered by belief. That's right. If you believe in what we're up to, support us. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Thanks for a good discussion. You too. Um, we'll be back again next week with more. We're going to have your whole this feels important thing that we didn't even get to that I don't even know about. It's such a mystery. It's dun, dun, dun. so exciting, yeah. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have more stuff to talk about next week. And until then, please do take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. See you soon. See ya. See ya.